What's up, everyone? Welcome to our sixth episode of the Pokemon Podcast, our journeys. I don't... This is a disaster already. This is our Alola... You get a freebie because it's Black Friday. From yeah. Pokemon Sun and Moon. We Steve are recording Black. this the day after Thanksgiving. Steve Black Friday? Steve Black Friday. Junior? Yep. This uh, is the... SBJ day. This is the discounted version of the mini you get 40 percent off yes you live 40 percent off your podcast i'm your host sbj with me today is micah hello and i also have irene hi this is our mini series through sun and moon i almost said x and y uh if you're if, if you've been following al- <laughs> you've been following along you know what this is about if you are a new listener if this is where you're starting we are going to be talking about the stuff that happens right after the fourth trial, the grass trial, uh, and we're going to talk all the way back. We're going to talk all the way up to first getting to Ether Paradise, which is the man-made island in the center of the region. So hopefully those two starting and ending points don't spoil a whole lot for you. But if you're listening to this, hopefully you're ahead of what we're talking or you're following along with, with this miniseries. Let's just dive right into things. Uh, after we beat Mallow at the Lush Jungle, uh, we actually end up meeting Professor Kukui's wife. Yeah, which was fun. At the research Burnett. lab, correct? Yes. Okay. Professor Burnett. I don't know if they say what her specialty is. Was she specialized yeah, in anything? Yeah, she's specialized in... Oh, boy. I thought that it I said that it she down. specialized in... Like it said what space and discovering other Pokemons in other dimensions, or is that someone else, or is that just a um, thing? Maybe it was specifically just research. Yeah, because we meet her at the dimensional research lab, yeah. and she, she and the other people there talk about the ultimate wormhole and the Ultra Beasts and the Ultra Beasts. So that's the first time in the game that these are acknowledged. Obviously, press releases up to all leading up to sun and moon talked about the ultra beast and whether they were or were not pokemon um we still don't know that in the game if they are or are not pokemon i think some of us may know the answer to that later on but as of right now are uh, they are they digimon uh as of right digimon and pokemon are completely different i I know but you just said we don't know if they're pokemon so i'm asking if they're digimon no we don't even know if they actually exist oh man According to Burnett, there's no substantial proof that they actually exist. There you go. It's the, just, at this point, nobody knows. Nobody knows. Uh, we also learn that Professor Burnett has a huge crush on the Master Royale. I know his name is Master Royale, but I like saying Royale. Me too. I'll, I'll, ta- I'll come with you on that journey. The Masked Royale. I feel like I just say that continuously in my head. I don't head. understand why her husband's right there. Why is she going to talk about... I mean... <laughs> I mean, I guess you can, uh, you know... That's a thing that I have happens. A, I have yeah, a, a question crush. for you, too. I'll, I'll po- I'll, I'll Celebrity point crushes. It, I'll point or... it to Irene first. Yeah. How does it make you feel that Kukui is taken? I mean, this is a, this is our, uh, <laughs> this is a professor. <laughs> we've, we've seen many professors, but this is the first professor with a significant other, from my understanding. I thought it was great. I really liked because I was walking around and it was like, there are a bunch of pictures of Professor Kikui and Professor Burnett. It's a couple. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, I don't know. Are you guys bummed because were you guys like gutting for our mom? My first reaction was that millions of 
fanfic writer's pencils clattered to the ground. That's not possible. As, the, <laughs> as she emerged from from the depths. That, yes. That I, never happens. Well, I mean, <laughs> S- Sycamore's still on the market last I checked. He's beautiful. That's true. So, I mean, he's I, nice hair. I'm going to put it. I'm going to lay my cards on the table here and say I think Kakui's my favorite professor. He's pretty great. Absolutely. And I, I really like his dynamic with Burnett. I, I like it. them as a couple, the way that they're presented as right. a couple. It's I, pretty good. Um, they complement each other well. That was when we found out that Lily had a relationship with them, and that's how she started working for Kakui was because she met Professor Burnett. Yeah, Lily says that yeah. That Burnett is kind of like her mom. She it's, said she had found her on the sh- on the beach. Right after like, on three the months ago, I thought. Yeah. Yeah, that and that ties into when Lily quote unquote stole Cosmog. We don't know at this point what actually happened besides right. her running out of the Ether Ether Foundation. I thought it was funny because while we were there, I just wrote it down because my Rotom said it. And it was just like, does this professor think we have nothing better to do than read books and talk to folks? And I thought it was cute, so I wrote that. <laughs> uh, when, when, when you leave the lab, when you leave the Dimensional Research Lab, there is a glimpse of a wormhole attempting to open up in the sky. And how points that out to you, or like, how is excited that you guys saw it together? Isn't it convenient that they're like, there's this idea of this thing we have no proof of it existing <laughs> and you literally walk out the door and it happens <laughs> right. I, I feel like that's pretty frequent like just just totally convenient plot changes oh you mean that thing <laughs> keep your eyes peeled is this what you're talking about since you've completed all three trials on this island you're allowed to challenge the kahuna which is olivia uh if you went to the diglet tunnel prior to this you will you do see olivia standing there and telling you that there's too many diglet and that you can't get through i thought it was someone else was it olivia no it was olivia oh, okay. i actually did that because i, I got lost uh leaving the what was it royal avenue yep and i went that i went all the way down to diglet tunnel and she was like you can't go through there's yeah you're supposed to go diglets. the other way yeah, yeah. I, I keep going up and down in general with stuff there's not much to say about the diglet tunnel there really isn't. A- another Diglett tunnel, <laughs> tunnel in another generation of Pokemon games. There are Diglett there. There are other Pokemon there. Uh, the Ether Foundation is in the Diglett tunnel as, w- as well as I- there might have been. Yeah, there is also Team Skull in the Diglett tunnel. The Ether Foundation does mention that they think Team Skull is extremely annoying because they said the reason that the Diglets were acting up in the first place was because Team Skull annoyed them or caused a disruption. And that's why they're both there. Team Skull was causing the disruption. Uh, the Ether Foundation trying to calm the Diglett down. Yeah, this is the first time, too, that you formally meet them, right? The, the Aether Foundation? Yeah, I think so. I think this is the first, like, actual inter- introduction. Yep. Right, because you do meet you, the, you meet a couple of them when you meet Colrus. Uh, you do do a double battle with How at the end of the Diglett Tunnel. Uh, nothing too thrilling there. It's just you're doing a double battle with How, and right. he uses his Raichu like he always does. Yeah, well, should be a Raichu at this point. This was also in the the Diglett Tunnel was where I found my tenth Zygarde cell. Which you're keeping track. The I was well. I only noted it because that's the point that uh, Cinna and Dexio call you and say, "Hey, come to this 
specific location. Oh, okay. I got I got that notification later, yeah. but I remember I wrote it down when so I So when got you there. get to 10, I think then they're... Do they they're give like, you a ring? Hey, come check it out. Excuse uh, me? The Diglett Tunnel pours out into Route 9, and Route 9 connects, connects to Klondike Bar City. <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> Klondike, Klondike Bar City. Um, you, I mean, you're not that far off. <laughs> I know, it's kind of an okay joke. <laughs> Give me some credit here. I was holding that one for at least three days. Uh, it, you get 40% off for today for yeah, that joke. 40% of a joke. Uh, Klondike Bar City also connects to a cemetery, but otherwise, going back to the city, uh, this is where you can get your Z crystal for a Pikachu. Yes. Uh, you can also get Volt Switch. I think it teaches your Pikachu Volt Switch. Uh, what my, my favorite part of this whole, this whole interaction is, no joke, evolved my Pikachu to a Raichu seconds before I walked up to this Pokemon and, or this trainer who was like, oh, here's your Z Crystal for Pikachu. And <laughs> oh, if you bring me a Pikachu, I'll teach you this move. And I was like, oh, well. That's great, because now I can't Thanks learn this. You should have just turned it off and turned it back on again. <laughs> oh, no. My journey is one whole complete <laughs> playthrough. There's a clothing store in the city as well, yep. and I believe a hair salon. This is the actual yeah. hair salon that exists on this island. Uh, anything else notable before we move on? I, I don't, mean, because uh, I was saying this before we started recording, but I started playing this right before I fell asleep, and I didn't have my computer with me, so I didn't write any notes. And I remember this vaguely, but I mean, meh. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, I did notice that it's, it, it, every town seems to have its own per, like personality. Like which, a theme. Yeah. And it's a very like uh, traditional Japanese It reminded me theme. of markets, I think. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, get, <laughs> I, I got the more feeling that this was a little more upscaled slash richy. Town, but I yeah. guess this whole island's kind of like the the richer island because of its two huge oh, it's hotels. Got those monster hotels got those. They got that mad money. You then have to go through the cemetery to get to the ruins of what was the ruins called in this this island? The ruins of life. I just kept ro- writing the ruins. The, the ruins of life. Okay, because okay. on the first island, I believe it's called the ruins of conflict. Yes. So, while going through the cemetery, you see some more conflicts between Team Skull and the Ether Foundation. There's also a part where, like, the, my favorite part in the game, I think, when they're talking about Slowpoke Tales, and there's a Slowpoke, and every time, like, they mention it, it, like, does a close-up zoom-in of the Slowpoke, yes. and it does that, like, four or five times. It's really good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, like, really cute, because I like Slowpoke a lot as a it's Pokemon. It's a pretty great Pokemon. Really coming to its own as a Pokemon. Interesting that there are two cemeteries in this game. I mean, there, well, I mean we're areas. in different islands. I like there are cemeteries everywhere. I, guess I mean, you're to... not gonna take take your <laughs> bodies and boat them on over to another island, and not with that attitude. Oh. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, we finally meet Big Sister, who you keep calling Big Sister. Pl- is that Plumeria? Yes. Yeah, Plumeria. She does have a name. I mean, uh... yeah. I guess. That's easier for me to say big sister than plumeria. I struggle with that. Okay. English words are very difficult. I understand. This is going kind of back to the team skull dynamic and whether or not Irene has changed her mind on team skull. No. Uh, (laughs) We got that out of the way. I mean, I did did, uh, try and 
explain a bit more about what I was thinking about regarding Team Skull. But I remember that before you were telling me that it'd be interesting to hear what I thought after meeting Big Sister. Uh And the interaction wasn't that remarkable. So I was kind of just like, I mean... What exactly were you trying to? Uh, I think it's I think it's a little different again because, like Gladion, Plumeria is nothing like the Grunts. It's yeah, it's it's just further confirmation that the Grunts are one you know kind of standard personality, and then there are personalities more unique outside of that. Yeah. And Plumeria is is a little uh, more well-spoken than the grunts. She doesn't say, yo, 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 these tears taste like salt, mm. uh, which is, you know, a, a great line of dialogue. I mean, that's an incredible line. I mean, it's, it's very good. But uh, she acknowledges that, I think her word is that the grunts are numbskulls. I think that's the word she used. But it sounds about right. She's, she does say that, you know, they're not intelligent. They're not smart. They're extremely silly, but they're her form of she has a big sister attitude right yeah like hey my brother's a dork but don't make fun of my brother only i can make fun of my brother mentality yeah yeah and that's really the, that that's really what that whole interaction laid out uh nothing really too much more we'll we'll see her again in the future of course she gets the grunts out of your way obviously uh you defeat her she and the other grunts leave and we then lead up to Olivia. Correct. Yep. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I didn't know if I was supposed to elaborate more there. If I'm going to later on, so I was just kind of. Wondering. Yeah, I think. I think we'll hold on Kay. your thoughts on Team Skull because we, time. we there there are more people. Have, yeah, there are more people to meet Olivia, in Team Olivia Pope time. Olivia Pope. Olivia is, is the Rock Kahuna. She has a nose yes. pass and Probo pass. Probo pass. Sorry. Yeah, and, I can't uh, even remember her other two Pokemon. She oh, she's got a Lycanroc. Oh, yep, yep. I, this battle was just like very. I just like one shot at all yeah, her Pokemon. I, did, I don't I did remember. Too. I it was very. It was just like break, 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 I mean, break. it wasn't an eventful fight, but yeah. This I do recall the Lycanroc being different. Or, I mean, it was my first time seeing a Lycanroc, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was. She was not. It was much definitely of a, not my versions. Okay. Lycanroc. She wasn't much of a challenge at all, and she gives you your rock, rock and zanium, z, zum, rockium, rockium, z. Uh, it's rockium z. Okay, crystal, crystal, okay. Steven. Uh, <laughs> they a- after you defeat Olivia, they tell you to go back to the resort. I can't remember them. I can't remember a lot. This was uh, such it's a long the time ago. Grand Hano Resort, this but my the... phone kept auto-correcting it in my notes to the Grand Hank Resort. Okay, good old Grand Hank, run by Hank Hill. The most notable thing about this is there is a beach right outside of the resort, and that yes. is the first time you can catch Sandy Gas. Yes, and you can also throw Puka Muka back into the beach as like the... a side quest. And I think you get paid twenty thousand Pokey dollars for it. Yep, and. F- from what I've heard, you can do that every day, once a day. Oh, really? And you can get money doing that. I really like the... I mean, not that when you get to a certain point, like money is not really an issue, and I feel like that's the case with every Pokemon game, but I really like that there are all kinds of little side quests to help you get money Yeah. 
way more frequently. Later on, I made, game. I think, about 100,000 Poké Dollars in the span of like a minute because yeah. of things I sold and did. It's yeah. awesome. It's nice being able to, you know. Right. And like you're probably also referring to... to the, hey, I'm looking for a drift loom. Yep. And that just, it not only gets you money, but it also encourages you to try to expand your Pokedex, yeah. which yeah. I think and is a smart way of doing things. Uh, I the... actually didn't know Sandy Gast was there until you told me, and I and was you went already back. gone. Yeah, I didn't. So... I didn't know that either. I didn't do any of the oh, things. Oh, Sandy Gast. No, there's no looking back in this playthrough. So now, you know, Sandy Gast, Gast went right onto my team. Get to the finish line. Uh, when we get to the Grand Hank Resort, <laughs> we we meet Faba for the first time. Yes, and now Faba's one of the main scientists of the Ether Foundation. Uh, I'm. I will say in one of the in the first episode for what island is this? Akala. Yeah. When you come to the island and they you see the first hotel. In the that episode, I remember saying, and I wrote yep. in my notes <laughs> that they had a uh, the the guy that ran that hotel was like, oh, we have two hotels on this island, and one is way fancier than the other. Can you guess which one this is? And in that episode, I said, I feel like it's got to be this one because it's such a fancy <laughs> hotel. And then we got here and it's like twice the it's size. Like, yeah. nope. It's got fountains. It's, <laughs> oh, it was way off. Way fancy. Way fancy. <laughs> uh, Faba, this is doesn't make too much sense, but Faba agrees to take you to Ether Paradise. Yeah. Faba's very forthright. Even though, like, Faba clearly doesn't like kids and is going to state that over and over, that he doesn't like kids. So I'm not sure, besides the the vehicle for moving the story forward, why he agrees to that. It seems like he was tasked with getting us, and he was not thrilled with it because he doesn't like kids. When these kids show up, you need to take them here. And it's like, oh, God, why do I have to do it? Okay. But I'll do it because... You told me to. Right. Will, Will, Travis, and I talked about this on the podcast a couple back, a couple episodes back. When we first looked at images of, oh, here's Gladion, here's Lily, here's Kui, here's Hala, here are all these characters that the press releases are showing, and they showed Faba. It was kind of the given of, like, Faba doesn't look like a good guy. Like, Faba, like when you look at Giovanni for the first time, or even we were talking about this earlier before the show, like when we saw Lysander for the first time... It is clear that clear oh, that that guy's not. Like, you're the bad guy, right? So you get this first impression of the Ether Foundation of, oh well, this bad guy's taking me somewhere. And when we land at the Ether Foundation, we're meted with the complete opposite. We're meted with, is it Wick or Wiki? I think it's Wiki. Yeah, we're meted with Wiki, which is the complete opposite of Faba. She's extremely nice. She's like over the top yeah. of like welcoming. She's like. The, 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 your friend's mom who is way better than your mom in every way. She's, she's very, and I mean, we'll, we'll probably get to other parts of that, but she's very matronly. She's very like, everybody come hang out. And yeah. I have things for you. <laughs> Look, I made dinner. <laughs> you do like this little, not really mini tour, but they, they tell you to kind of explore around the Ether Foundation. They, say that the president is hanging out in the upper part uh they elaborate and you know explain again that the ether foundation exists to help pokemon and to you know 
they almost seem like, hey, if it's a Pokemon's endangered, we're the ones helping out. They actually mention an endangered yeah. Pokemon. They say Corsola is endangered because another Pokemon is trying to eat it. Uh, this is the first time we've heard about endangered Pokemon. Pokemon like Farfetch, Pokemon in the past have been endangered. Yeah. I noted this. I, it it was Wiki, and she read the Pokedex entry for Toxapex, and she said that it like leaves a trail of Corsola parts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was just like, like, oh my, oh my god. god. Yeah, I remember. I remember that it was talking about how they're dedicated to Pokemon conservation. So I was like, oh, that's nice. Because I don't know, because sometimes it's like this seems very eerie and I'm apprehensive about moving forward, especially after um, coming up here with Favu. But then it was like, sorry. Yeah. And it, it's I want to stress that it's just you and how at this point uh, yeah. visiting the Ether Foundation. The other thing to note that's important is that because the Ether Foundation exists to help and heal Pokemon, that there are no Pokeball use while in the Ether Foundation. Yes. yes. And that comes into play because... You're not when, catching anything. Right. Touch it. When, that comes into play when we meet um, Lusamine. Yes. Uh, welcomes you. Yep. And, you know, kind of reiterates why the Ether Foundation exists. And She's very nice. Very nice. And how makes a joke which says, how can somebody our age be running this kind of company and she laughs and goes oh dear i'm actually 40 yep <laughs> now i'm i'm farther in the game at this point i put that in all caps i'm farther <laughs> in the game at this point so i do know things that happens but i do want to express uh my thoughts that i wrote down at this point first thing i thought when she said that and after seeing faba and actually like her facial expressions which i think is something to note because unlike pokemon red and blue Pokemon the the characters in Pokemon Sun and Moon can change their facial expressions. It's really really interesting. And I yeah. think that like that does add a lot to the dialogue they're saying. Yep. And there was a face that she made when she said that where I thought I don't think you're a good person either. But the when she said that she was actually 40 and though she looks extremely young, I thought is she like mutating Pokemon to like reduce her age. Excuse me. Like that's what I what? thought. Wow. And like there's oh, that's never like, crossed my mind, but that's a cool idea. Yeah. Like there's other like tropes to do that. Like I'm stealing like this the life, life force. force. Yeah. Whoa. Just high five. Just a high five that <laughs> happened. But that's what I thought, and I'm not going to you know elaborate that on any further because I do actually know what happens. But I just thought that was like that's. I thought that was an interesting concept, and maybe it goes that way, and maybe it doesn't, but... I'll tell you right now, I and even when we talked about it in the first episode, and I was like, there's something not right with Aether Foundation. Yeah. I don't I don't trust it. And it's it's... I feel like they make it pretty clear in that your first introduction to them is Lily literally running, running from away them. from them. Yeah. So when we got well, to makes, Aether Paradise... that makes sense, though, because she stole a Pokemon from yes, them. Yes, but why? Yeah. Right, we don't know why. The, it, 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 there's a tone there that is not... It, it sets it up as there's something wrong there. <laughs> when we got to Aether Paradise, I instantly was not trusting anything that was happening. Yeah, Um. it was really... It was a lot of back and forth because it was like, hmm, we're bad. Wait, maybe we're good. Wait, actually, mm, I don't know. Um, oh, I lost my thought. As you, as you try to remember, I want, I want to circle back to a conversation we had before we started recording, which is uh, Mike and I talking about X and Y. 
and yeah. there there's been a twist in every pokemon game and there's obviously a twist in sun and moon but in in red and blue the twist was that giovanni which was the bad guy of team rocket was also the eighth gym leader and i thought that yes. was a fantastic twist it's a great twist uh the twist in black and white was that n was being played as a puppet the entire time yep and i thought that twist was very obvious yeah the twist in x and y is lysander is actually the bad guy which is the, the worst twist ever and it's clear he is the bad guy from it, the it second you see him clear from the second you see him and i want to bring that back to the ether foundation because on one hand you have somebody who already rubs you the wrong way which is faba then you meet somebody who- see this is this is interesting because faba didn't really rub me the wrong way he just seemed just annoyed. in that he seemed annoyed with my oh, presence i i guess if i had that he seemed like an old guy who had too much to do and didn't want to be there <laughs> I've had that like that thought the first time I saw his screenshot though months ago of like yeah. uh, he looks like a a pile of poop. He kind of just looked like <laughs> a bug trainer to me. Honestly, it's the sunglasses. Oh he looked like God. he probably specialized in bug Pokemon. Uh, <laughs> so, I- so you have Faba, who to me looks like a bad guy. You have Wiki, who seems like the nicest person in the world, and then you you finally meet uh, Lusamine, who leading up to this is like. She looks perfect. She looks like a very nice person. She looks great. Yeah. And there's only one thing that she says that goes, eh, like, what? what's your problem? But they cover it in, in humor, though. Yes, they do. The, and, and like, they, they, that line doesn't suggest that there's something wrong, you know? It's right. more like... There, there's also the dynamic of what is the Ether Foundation's main goal, at least presented you, with, to you, and that is... To save, to save and po- rescue yeah, Pokemon. Pokemon yeah. conservation. But then it's kind of like, well, why did Lily have to sneak in and steal this Pokemon See, right. if there's a, re- like, if Cosmog. And then yep. then they, they, they double down on that, what Irene was saying. They double down on that of not only are there's they saving and rescuing Pokemon, but you have people like Faba, you have people like Lily who, who ended up stealing a Pokemon. But then you also have the Ether Foundation battling with Team Skull. Right. They do everything as far as storytelling goes to hammer the point home that they're the good guy. They also put in hints that they're not the good guy. That's right. like the first thing they do at the beginning but I mean, of the game. It, it, th- storytelling through their dialogue, I guess is what I mean. Yeah. Like they, it, it really legitimately makes it, makes it seem like their whole goal is to protect pokemon they're against the the shared bad guy that you had the shared enemy yeah in team skull they care about pokemon they're you know every like kukui and burnett are working with them like yeah you know everything seems to line up as they're good yeah yeah it 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 seems like they're kind of um like we're very very happy and we're trying to do this for the greater good but if you get up, if you get on our bad side like it might get ugly yeah 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 I mean, and so and that's, and that's that's i don't i mean i don't know anything cuz i haven't finished or anything if there so is I any kind of element of threat there it's they don't m- make it clear and there are plenty of yeah. pokemon in that immediate area in the aether paradise that you can talk to and they all seem plenty happy. They all seem very happy to be there. It doesn't, you know, nothing really seems amiss. 
it's funny because from what I remember while playing a lot of this, I kind like I kind of just flew by with. I didn't really give it much thought just because I was thinking about how we had just talked about the Ultra Beasts. And after uh, seeing the crack in the sky, I was just like, okay, like I'm assuming that something is going to be happening with that. So I was more fixated on that than anything else. Like I made notes about it, but yeah. it wasn't like very, very important to me to try and be like, let me dissect all of this right now because yeah. I'm, I was kind of just trying to get to the next point. I just, uh, I just like love, love this up to this point. And again, I, I thought that, yeah, maybe Lusamine is like stealing Pokemon's life and that's why she's keeping her young age. Uh, but I was happy with that. Like I, I now know where the story goes and, and me thinking at the time, well, I, I think she's a bad guy. It's still more interesting that every than anything Team Flare did. Yeah, I think everything seems a lot more complex. Yeah, but I mean, I, I agree. but but from, complex from, isn't least, isn't necessarily good. Yeah, but I mean, complex in an improvement way. So it's not like we're just doing this to make it look like we've like oh we're doing this because we need to make things more complicated. It's like oh we're doing this because we've done these other things for so long and we're trying to just evolve the typical story yeah there's 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 complex in the form of layers and depth and storytelling in a good way yeah. and then there's complex in the way that like metal you know, gear like, solid like, exactly <laughs> this example i was gonna use metal gear solid is complex uh, can uh, you, you, ex- you have no idea what's going on the majority of the time can you explain yeah is it really just that it's you don't very know, convoluted that's what i was gonna ask yeah and and going back to red but and blue, but that's kind of the charm. Yeah, but it's still yeah. it's it's convoluted. It's not you know. But going back to red and blue, the 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 twist was very simple, but it was also very effective. Yeah, of, super oh, yeah. effective. Would super you say? I wouldn't effective. say it's super. I would just say it's very. Uh, that's that's our Black Friday podcast. It's very effective. <laughs> it's very effective. <laughs> it's one times effective. <laughs> but <laughs> but I'm satisfied with this and. I want to talk about them more just because I think it's I think it's interesting. I think it's good. Uh, I I know a lot of our listeners are they know me for somebody who doesn't care for the story in Pokemon, and I've expressed this before. I'll express this real quick right here because we're pretty much at the end of this episode. But I'm never a fan of Pokemon forcing me down a journey that doesn't feel natural. And what I mean by that is in Red and Blue. Well, when I was a kid, before I even got into Pokemon, when I saw the anime on TV, when I asked for the games for Christmas, it was because as a kid, I wanted to be a Pokemon trainer and going through red and blue and finally beating the elite four and then beating uh, my rival at the end. I felt like I was a Pokemon trainer and yeah, maybe team rocket was threatening the world and wanted, you know, domination or whatever, but it didn't feel like it got in the way of my journey as a Pokemon trainer. Right. You want to make it your own. Right. It's, a, it's an RPG in that you are playing that role and you're making that role yeah. your own. Yeah. And I felt that way in Gen 2 and, you know, we talked about my Gen 3, you know, dislike. And I don't remember much of Gen 4, but Gen 5 was the first one where, you know, at the time I enjoyed it and then looking back onto it, I didn't enjoy it. And I think... And I've, I've said this before, but, you know, if you're a new listener or whatnot, the main reason I didn't like Gen 5 is because I felt like that story was a story about N. 
was about meeting N. It was about N, you know, riding a Ferris wheel with that. you and discussing everything. Uh, the twist at the end wasn't a twist that really affected you. It was the twist was like N was N felt like he was betrayed. Yes. So do you think that? Gen 5 was more like, I feel like I'm being an observer of the point rather than I am a part of the point. I th- I guess- I fe- the, your first point, I felt like it was an observer <laughs> because even if you weren't there to see the twist as a player character, yeah. it, doesn't, it didn't matter. Doesn't matter what it the- didn't matter because <laughs> because even, even if that twist happened, that twist affected N more than it affected you. Yeah, and even if you weren't there, if you were you know down the street buying premier balls, and that twist <laughs> that twist unveiled itself. Oh, did game, something just happen? The game still would have played out. Yeah, because all the all the pieces were in a row for Team Plasma to do their thing at the end, whether you were, were there or not. The cool thing about Black and White, and I'll give it a lot of credit is when all the gym leaders came together at the end to help you. And I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. And that was good storytelling. But it felt like to me that they were trying to rope this story of N to follow along with your Pokemon journey. And at the end of Black and White 2, I didn't feel like I went on a Pokemon journey as a trainer. I felt like I went on a Pokemon journey to help save the world. And these eight gym leaders had my back. And that's a fine story, but at its core, it didn't feel like I was doing the journey of becoming the best Pokemon trainer. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and it's funny because you mentioned Team Plasma, and I was like, oh my god, and then I started thinking about the Team Plasma shirts that you made, but that's like 80,000 years ago, and that's not relevant. And I know that... And Team Plasma, though, had a pretty good you know, goal as a team. Their team, their goal was, we don't want to use Pokemon for battling. But right off the bat, TCPI said, hey, these are the bad guys. Yeah. And it's like, well, they have like almost this PETA mindset of, we don't want Pokemon to battle. And uh, the, the, the other part of the twist of, you know, letting N know that he was just being used was, the reason we want to separate, we don't want Pokemon to battle is because we want, that's our way of getting them all so you guys are defenseless. And you don't have Pokemon to defend yourself with. Which is like, okay, that's that's good. But that's not surprising because you told us these were the bad guys. Right. Yeah. So so would you say that you're just happier in general right now? Because it seems like it's like, oh, these Team Skull people are here. And no, oh, this is the thing that happened. But every single time when you go and have an interaction, it's like, oh, this is a person that's doing their island challenge. Like, blah, 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 blah. Or I guess. Yeah, I'm, I I. Yeah, I'm I'm very happy with this story so far because I feel like even though I'm going through and even though I know there's a bad guy and I know there's a good guy and I know that all of these things are playing out, I still feel like I am going through as a Pokemon trainer and I'm going through a journey. So it's yeah. better integrated. Right. It's it's and I think X and Y had a lot of good things going for it. And in retrospect, I don't think a lot of things were just as strong as they could be. It's funny because at the time I said X and Y is is what I want moving forward in a Pokemon game. <laughs> but now looking at this game, it's X and Y was just a a very tiny stepping stone. Yeah. And Sun and Moon, you know, isn't that grand of a stepping stone. But what they did in terms of like 
tr- the trials and yeah. how the islands are laid out and how everything feels so different and how they streamline stuff. It just it makes X and Y look like you didn't do much here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if because you, you just said you didn't think it was a big step for Sun and Moon. Sun and Moon is. It is. A, you mean more as, as as far as storytelling goes, right? Not well, storytelling and just the game. It's it it moved the the series in the right direction. Whereas if we just got another version of X and Y, of like, oh yeah, no, yeah, I, I meant uh, if, if, if for this moment, what we're talking about for is this, what it yeah. what X and Y had done as yeah, far as storytelling. This, goes. this storytelling right now of me being on the Ether Foundation and talking to. Lusamine, yeah, feels like interacting with Giovanni or Team Rocket for the first time. And I'm not saying that the Ether Foundation is bad, but obviously it pulled you away from your story of being a Pokemon trainer. Yeah, and it doesn't feel like it was a hassle. It doesn't feel like a, oh, you know, the world is ending right now. Natural progression. Yeah, Yeah. it's like uh, like in in X and Y. Oh, the world is ending, but you know, I got this Pokemon contest to go to. (laughs) You know, let me check my watch here. Like ah. I really like the story for X and Y, but I was fully aware of how simple of a story it was. There were parts of it that that were pretty complex and layered, which was nice. But on the whole, it's a pretty simple one-dimensional story. Right. These yeah. are the bad guys. You're the good guys. There were some layers in that. The bad guys have some kind of uh, justification for what they're doing and that creates some conflict some internal conflict but on the whole it was pretty simple yeah and i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because sometimes it's nice to have just a simple story and i i know that this wasn't their intention but i feel like with x and y it was kind of nice to have that simple of a story along with all of the new features and game elements that you had to learn in addition to everything else. It wasn't really overwhelming. It was kind of a balance where now I think, yeah, there's a lot of new features. There's a lot of new things that are happening in Sun and Moon, and that's great, but you also have the doors opened a little bit more for a more complex and layered story. And like, uh, there's just things about X and Y that, in retrospect, just didn't work out. Like, I remember the first time they showed uh, the fairy girl. I can't remember, but you meet her the same time you meet Lysander, and she was like, "Oh, yeah. oh I can't remember her name." Uh, and she's like, "Oh, I hope to like meet you and battle you one day." And like, "Oh, I bet she's she's the champion, and I hope that she's not because it's so obvious that she yeah. is." And of course, you want to be surprised. Of course, she is the champion, right? Yeah. Um, and there are things that you look. At back in Pokemon game, Pokemon games after seeing Sun and Moon, and you look at something like Black and White, and another complaint here is, I thought Black and White was like the reset of remember the first time we played Red and Blue, and there it was before at least for us it was like before the internet, and you know you had to go out and buy a strategy guide, yeah. but like the first time you went in Mount Moon and you were like oh a Zubat let me catch that, and then oh a Geo dude, <laughs> and that was super exciting even though you know. We we've both we've all learned to hate. Oh, wait, Zubats. there's ten million more Zubats, Zubats in right. here. Uh, or the first time you encountered a Pikachu, and you're like, ah, oh, Pikachu. And I remember them setting up for Black and White and going, oh my god, like this is all new Pokemon. There's not going to be any like this is. I'm gonna feel excited again to like encounter like yeah. a Swoobat. 
in retrospect, that's not that wasn't a good direction. That didn't make the games awesome, right? Because for for which for black and white, yeah. Because playing Sun and Moon, I remember telling you that I found a slowpoke outside the lab, and you were like, "Oh, I have to go back." Yeah, and same thing with Sandy Gas, you know, right? And it was like you can you can. <laughs> They were they removed it. all the old Pokemon in black and white to give you new Pokemon to make you feel that feeling you felt in red and blue. Right. Yeah. And at the time, that seemed like this is the this is this seems like a good direction. But it was it like in it like is anyone going to remember black and white because that's what they did? No. no. I have I have some very strong opinions about black and white and black two and white two. In that I feel like they came at the end of um an era for the Pokemon core games and they came after that era should have already ended. I feel like it should have ended prior to Black and White and Black 2 and White 2 and those maybe should have been or they could have just not existed at all and <laughs> X and Y had been the the next step. Yeah. Um it felt very it felt like it was a kind of forced and b it was kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel as far as um i don't know assets and that style of gameplay and that it, it just felt like it was they were they were riding that train for way too long yeah so i think that when i when i think about it i think that it kind of really makes sense in a term of okay Gen 1, Gen 2, Gen 3, Gen 4. We're, we're doing this slow, I guess, evolution of things to do. And it's like, we've always done this and now we're going to do this. And then I think like right when we were around Gen like 5 and 6, it was kind of like, okay, we, we tried to do this one more time and it didn't work. So yeah. well, I mean, it, to, it worked in yeah. the sense that they well, sold I, millions. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. well, yeah, but I mean, in terms of being different. And back to the point that we were talking about, like a thousand years ago, not really a thousand, but um, as a pl- as for me, the last game that I completed, I think, was Crystal or something like that. I don't know. It was a while ago. And prior to what? Just Sun it, and Moon. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And so because so you I, didn't play through X and Y. I I mean I played it, but I didn't finish but you it. Didn't finish it, and I didn't okay. finish Black. I no. Which you didn't. One? You didn't finish Black I, and White either. No, I thought I had. I don't know which one I had. You had the other one though. I had black, you had white. Okay. <laughs> black 2 and white 2 are the only games that I never finished. Yeah, um, because a lot of the time, one, I don't, it doesn't really keep my attention, uh, which, I mean, whatever. But I, I think that from what I remember, I just think that Sun and Moon is just so much of an improvement. Like, it, I, like, I, I, don't, I, agree. I don't think it would be like a small step. I know it's a step, but I think it would be a leap. In my opinion, like it's yeah. just so, sure. it's so yeah, so good to me. The well, black and white will be remembered because black and white is when they got rid of sprites and they went to 3D models, right? And that was you know a big accomplishment itself, and obviously that was the direction it should move in. But I don't think that I don't think that 3D sprites and a new Pokedex and a very story heavy story really made that game memorable from an from the just the aspect of loan of making you feel like a pokemon trainer yeah 
I, um, I guess it depends on just the, what perspective you're looking at it from. If you, yeah, what your if, goal is if while you're playing lo- the game. If yeah. you're looking at the perspective of you want a Pokemon story, oh, it's there. There is a story. It's not really a story about your journey, which mm-hmm. has always kind of been the, the, the selling point of a Pokemon game. And, and I've said this before that, like, I never signed up for a Pokemon game to save the world. Like, when I saw Ash on the anime... He wasn't really saving the world. Obviously, getting Team Rocket to blast off in the sky time the, and time again at the end of the episode <laughs> isn't really saving the world, yeah. right? He's just getting yeah. rid of an annoyance, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. kind of what I felt in in Red and Blue was like, oh, Team Rocket's the annoyance. Okay, we got rid of them. Yeah, continue on my like that felt natural. X and Y did a lot of good things, but I don't think enough. It was very similar to the same pace. I think what they did well was the whole. Here are multiple friends, and look at they're all doing something different. Like this person's all about competitive battling, and yeah. this person is too, but they're actually just really bad at it. And <laughs> <laughs> now, let me ask you this: Do you feel like you would feel differently about the you know the the series progress that X and Y made if black if and white black didn't and exist? white didn't exist? Oh, I think that would have if been- it went from Gen four to Gen six. Would you have felt that X and Y was uh, a lot more of an improvement? Or yeah. do you feel like maybe it would have been too harsh of a jump? And then it's also like, well, what are you thinking about Sun and Moon if Black I, and White didn't exist? I don't think it would have been too hard of a jump. I think that there was a point in time where 3D sprites had to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think we saw that very early on with something like Pokemon Stadium. Like that was... Yeah. The- that was the selling point of Pokemon Stadium was, oh, I get to see these 8-bit monsters oh, yeah. all the way around. <laughs> it was amazing. And, so that's something- and also you had minigames, so oh, I mean... Yeah, yeah. No <laughs> no one mastered the 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 pincer, scyther, chopping minigame. <laughs> oh my gosh. But those were just like natural progressions of, okay, I want, I want 3D sprites. Yeah. Okay, I want more of a, more of a story or something, right? right? I don't know what kind of story I want, but I want something to kite me through the game. I think that's what I'm what I what I'm feeling though with about black and white and black two and white two is yeah, that story's there. It's not like you said, it's not a story that's meant specifically for your character for you to role play when you're playing through this game. The jump from the story in Gen 4 to Gen 6, I feel like I think is that's a better progression. Yeah. And I think that the kind of half-assed... Can I say <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll believe it. Bulbasaur. <laughs> Bulbasaur's. The, uh, like, half-effort of we have some 2D, but we also have some 3D. It, visually at the time it was nice but i think it would have just served better to go straight from where they were in gen 4 to just go full bore into 3d like they did with x and y i think that's what i mean when i say black and white and but just gen 5 in general felt like it came too late at the end of an era that era should have ended with gen 4 and then they could have just taken more time but i think it was also like i think it might have been some demand in general just no like, i'm not saying i hated I gen 5 no, no, because no, i like, know to- that some people who listen to this are going to be like oh my god gen 5 <laughs> is my favorite how can you say this i did ha- enjoy gen 5 i enjoyed gen 5 at the when i played through it like right. at the time and then you know in retro like this is a you know 
kind of a postmortem for yeah way right. way late I, but. Oh, the, the, the easy complaint for something like gen 3 is oh there's too much water right yeah oh like my God. Uh, there's too much water <laughs> there's plenty of it uh like the easy complaint, need some water we got it the let's easy, play this music the easy complaint for gen 5 is oh well at least for me is it's all about n and it's not about you right you know i don't really hear too many people complain about gen 1 or Gen Two, but no one I ha- complains about Gen One. But I have heard, <laughs> I have heard a lot of people say they don't like Gen Three. I think that that's well established on our podcast that why I don't like Gen Three, why Travis didn't like Gen Three. Yeah. I think I Will says that Gen Three is I've his favorite generation. That's when like, I Gen stopped. Three. There's a lot of hardcore Pokemon players that I know that they said that they didn't even finish Black and White Two. That Black and White Two yep. was like a ru- like trudging through or even a lot of them uh, I talked to said they finished Black and White 2 after they finished X and Y just because they were going back and filling out their Pokemon. Someday I'm going to go back and finish Black <laughs> 2 and White 2. I have so many I still have three games that I could potentially finish. Yeah. And I, I, I remember you know a lot of people because I happened to run a Pokemon podcast so I huh, talked to a lot I talked to a lot of Pokemon <laughs> fans. Oh you don't say. I talked to a lot of Pokemon hmm. fans that that, that they Oh, really? you're the guy from It's Very Effective. Very Effective. <laughs> that they enjoyed Gen 6 a lot, right? ABJ. I will, I will give Black and White credit in the aspect of it did break the mold of, you know, this third version doesn't really exist anymore, right? Yeah. They did a sequel, and they tried to double down on their story again, yeah. where we're going we're gonna to take the story even further, which a third version doesn't exactly do yeah and and we we missed this last episode but this is a good point to bring up where chorus is kind of the main bad guy in black and white too which right. i didn't know until you just said that right before we yeah, started I, didn't, I mean i <laughs> and, and that has to do with you know the a giant airship and i'll summarize the story of black and white too for you guys but chorus has this giant airship and they capture curium and they use Curium in the airship to freeze over the world. And yeah. that's what they're doing. How could you ruin this story for me? Oh it's, my it's, gosh. It's drastic. But again, that... that <laughs> or that, looking on the bright side, now I don't have to finish it because you just told me what happened. Right. So. <laughs> and, and you tell me... Okay. So you tell me that this, this bad guy from a team that you defeated in the first game gets an airship, gets a very legendary Pokemon, freezes over the world. It's your job to stop it. Right? Yeah. You're not telling me that it's my job to become a Pokemon trainer. You're telling me that I have to save the world. But I mean, technically... Listen to me, you 10-year-old. <laughs> Only you can do this. I mean, I guess I don't... I mean, I don't remember. Plus, I don't even know if I started Black 2. But I guess, is it supposed to be an explicit progression? Or it's like, this is a completely new character? Because... If it's not, then it kind of makes sense. Well, Charon and Bianca then, are older than it. Okay. And because then it might be kind of just an assumption to be like, well, like of course you should already be, or you know, <laughs> like it's like, why do we need to tell you this at this point? Well, okay. So I want to bring, I want to bring this. <laughs> you're, you're not wrong. I want to bring this full circle back to Sun and Moon and why we started talking about this to begin with was because my whole point of playing a Pokemon game. Go on the journey as a Pokemon trainer. Yes. yes. And so the whole reason this we started talking about Gen 5 and we started talking about Colrus and we started talking about uh, X and Y was because Sun and Moon makes you feel like a Pokemon trainer. Yes. And they yes. do such a good job at that that 
I don't think they would have achieved that if they didn't get rid of gyms. And the reason I say that is because they make your trials seem like they are important. And I think that is something black and white. I think that's something Diamond and Pearl. I think that's something that X and Y all lost. Yeah, because it- I don't think yeah, I that agree. they made those feel important on your journey. Yeah. I don't. Okay, I will say I don't know that getting rid of them was necessarily what made that so powerful. I think that they were clearly struggling with having a set convention for so many years yeah. that they were having a hard time making them feel important. Yeah, it's like this is run of the mill. I always, okay, this is a Pokemon so, game. We're doing gyms, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Then we're going to hit the like Elite Four and do all of this and da, 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 da. So in that respect, yes, they found a way to make it interesting again. Uh, at least the the kind of milestones to be interesting again i don't know that i mean without being in the development room when they're you know going over it i don't know that they wouldn't have been able to do that with gym leaders or you know gyms in general i think maybe it would have been more difficult but right i mean I am 100% positive there are people that can remember every single gym leader oh my that, ever, yeah. as that ever existed, right? Lenora, though. And I, Black and White 2, I think, or Black and, Black and White also, yeah. <laughs> I think it was very awesome, and it was a cool little nod to how important gym leaders are when they come to your aid at the end of the game. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, so, okay. But, but, I, but I feel like that was... That was too late. Why didn't they make me feel like I accomplished something at that point in time? Right. And I think that started as early as Diamond and Pearl. And I remember playing Diamond. I do remember playing Diamond and Pearl in the aspect of, okay, Jim's done. Move on to the next one. And it was funny because Mike and I were talking before Sun and Moon. And we were talking about how long it takes for Pokemon games. And we were talking specifically about X and Y. And I said, I remember getting the first badge in x and y in less than two hours yeah like it was that was out the door and that's that's why we were like okay first podcast will be very easy to do and then when we got to the hand holding of like oh we didn't even like they didn't even <laughs> let go of our hand for the yeah. first two hours yeah but i love that in terms of just i did too it's i like it's the... a really good reset yeah yep as and, and but so you're it, right i think gen 3 was the end of uh, I mean, it, as far as games go, there's there's only one generation that I can name every gym trainer from <laughs> or gym leader from that generation. It's Gen One. I can, I mean, there's gym leaders that I do remember from various generations, but I don't remember all of the gym leaders from one game, you know, or one region. But I think you remember them because, but at the end at of the time, they they you beating them felt like an encounter. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's I I do agree and, that I, and at I the say end that, of Gen 3. I want to say that because everyone will remember Whitney because Whitney in Gen 2 felt like an accomplishment yeah, because of her because mil tank. <laughs> and I don't think a lot of people can say that for Gen 4 or Gen 5 or even Gen 6. Right. Like I remember Valerie because I did feel like her gym was uh, an accomplishment, and I remember Olivia just be- or not Olivia uh, Olympia, yeah, just because you know she was one of the last ones. I can't Bugsy. What was that? Like <laughs> the first gym in X and Y didn't feel like an accomplishment. It just felt like, well, checklist. Here we go. Yeah. Moving yeah. on. Well, and I guess for me, it's my personal, my personal preference is that 
or my personal feelings about it is that we, when you have that checklist of this is what you're doing and that's that that you're sticking to that convention, I kind of enjoyed that just out of habit. I liked going through the eight gym leaders and knowing I'm at seven, I've got one more to go, and then I'm doing this. But as far as personality goes and as as far as excitement goes for those, yeah, it I feel like it dropped off after generation three but i i think that's just a case of them not maybe not putting enough effort into making it interesting again yeah or um, or the whole mentality of oh it's well it's not broken so why do we need yeah, to fix it? right people are creatures of habit so it's like if you present something that's different in an incorrect way people respond really negatively yeah. but i think what happened was it's like they did the same thing for so long that people were responding negatively anyway. Yeah. So I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, again, the whole reason we were talking about this is because up to this point, I feel like I am satisfied as a person going through my Pokemon journey. journey. Yeah. And even though the X and Y didn't really shove story in your face until after I think the seventh gym where they were like, okay, stop everything you're doing yeah. and save the world right now. Is X and Y that the That kind place- of seems to be the the trope for the running trope for Pokemon games. Is <laughs> Real quick, is X and Y the place where you're in the, the ice cave again and stuff? Well, there's an ice cave in like every Pokemon game. I mean, game. <laughs> the one, like the one, I can't even explain the, the dynamic because it's the same in every ice gym. I don't gym, remember. But I, I think that's the last thing I remember is an ice gym. I mean, ice cave yeah. somewhere. But yeah. X and Y does the whole thing where, you know, stop, save the world. And yeah. I don't know if, if, if Sun and Moon has the, okay, stop what you're doing. Time to save the world thing. It might. Yeah. But... At least up to this point, up to this point at the Ether Foundation, I feel like everything has has just much a lot more weight behind it. Of like, this is a journey that you're going on. Yeah. Whereas, I feel as like, a Pokemon trainer, right? And, and they I do a good like a bro- job throughout with dialogue, telling you you're a Pokemon trainer. You know, when it when NPCs tell you. They, that they respect you as a Pokemon trainer and you're doing such a great job as a trainer. And they, you know, I, I mean, Lily does that where she says, you know, I'm, I don't really like watching Pokemon fight, but you and your Pokemon seem to have such a great bond because yeah. you're such a great trainer. And, you know, yeah, uh, it just, yeah, it just feels, it feels like everything matters a little bit more and it doesn't feel like a checklist like the last couple games feel. Yeah. And, my my last point is like X and Y ends ends with you saving the world, aka they give you a parade. Yeah. I don't want. A, <laughs> what? I don't want a parade. I want a parade. <laughs> I don't want a parade that I saved the world. What? Like, the, like. Oh my god! I think that just speaks to the point of like that's not what I wanted in a Pokemon game. Like I, well, it discounts the whole point of the game, which is you becoming the the best Pokemon trainer. Now it's that's way back burner mm-hmm. to you being the person who saved the world right and which i think is the point that I, you've been trying to make again is- before before we started recording we were watching the pokemon anime <laughs> and yeah. we're watching the you know the x and xyz finals to uh you know ash going up the ladder i just thought like you know what he's not doing 
He's not saving the world. Yeah. Like he is being. He's, he's focused on being a trainer. He's trying. Yeah, he's focused on trying to be the best trainer around. And right. that hasn't changed in 20 years. Like that is what I saw 20 years ago when yeah. I first got into the series of like, I'm better than Ash. I can be the best. <laughs> I mean, I've at least placed first in the. <laughs> <laughs> I won a couple card games. Um, all right. That was off topic. No, that wasn't really off topic. No, that was all topic. topic. It was a good aside it was a good about tangent. the progression of I, I you know, think, what this game is doing that others have. Right. And I think that this conversation that we just had will be brought up again at the end of the game. I think so too. Yeah. So this this scene ends with another wormhole opening uh, in front of you and Lusamine. And we see UB01 come out. Micah, did you write down, did they say what UB01's name actually they, is, or did it say UB01? It doesn't actually, I don't, I don't remember in the battle what it says, Are but you, they don't ever call it UB01, they just say, it's, that beast. must be an Ultra Beast. Yeah, and then I just had a bunch of question marks. Are you talking about the thing that the looked like a mutant, yeah, that's a mutant it. It tentacle? Jellyfish. A mutant tentacle. Cool. Yeah, they're both, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Heather and Chris. That's right. You're right, though. It was just question marks yep. for the... So, you're in battle with it. For me, it used Veno... I think Venoshock a lot. Yep. Which is yeah. a poison-type attack. Uh, makes sense, because it's a jellyfish. Uh, jellyfish are poison. The first thing I went to do is I, yeah. I, went to, I went to balls, I went over to Premier Ball, I went to throw, and, and it said... Too. You I, can't catch you, Pokemon you can't here. Catch You're Pokemon. in the foundation. And yep. I was like, yep, you guys got me. <laughs> you got me again. Got he. One L- thing that, Lana must have been here. <laughs> one thing that I noticed right away in the battle was uh, that it exploded with an aura like the totem Pokemon do. Yes. Yeah, this is where I saw my frame rate suffer. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that was noticeable Always. for me, too, from what I could remember. So since I couldn't run from it and I couldn't catch it, I said, what the heck? Z-power time. <laughs> and I hit it once, and then it ran away. Yeah, it w- it I, it wrecked me, honestly. Like I think it knocked out a bunch of my Pokemon, and then I don't know if I ran out or if I finally got one to hit it to like the red, but then it ran away. I, but but it, 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 I don't know, it was very effective against my Pokemon. Ripped right through your party? I mean, it... it was a bit of a bulldoze. <laughs> Tore a wormhole yeah. right through him. So, I mean, it, 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 obviously it, it, it runs away for everyone. And then we get a couple lines of dialogue from Lusamine who says that, you know, this was something that she was looking for and this was something she wanted to add to her collection. Yes. And that's pretty much where... She also r- refers to it as an ultra beast at this point. Yep. Okay. As you said that uh, she talked about the collection, it automatically made me think of like old hunters that have like the mounts of different animals on their walls. But before like they mount it on the wall, they steal their life from it to um, become younger. Oh <laughs> <laughs> They've guess, been old but, hunters but, for a long but, yeah, time. Yeah, that, that was what I was thinking. And I was like, oh, well. And then, yeah, yeah. it continued. Uh, see, this is interesting. What What I wrote in my notes is that she she says that it looked hurt and that she wants to care for it she okay. wants to mm-hmm. col- col- or catch it so that she can care for it um 
And she also, as she's leaving, then she says she needs to go discuss with the rest of the foundation plans to protect the Ultra Beasts. Right. Um, so it's kind of more like we're still in the business of protecting and preservation. Well, yeah, and the thing I got from it was Ultra Beasts seem endangered, and we're here to make sure that endangered species are protected. Yeah. So it was like, well, of course I want to add it to my collection. Like, what if somebody else gets it and hurts it or, you know, right. steals their life and, you know, gets younger? Only I can be younger kind of thing. <laughs> See, that makes, me, that makes me kind of think You know, of, that old song yeah, and dance. Of the other trope where it's like, oh, this person was the one that was able to unlock this that we've been searching for for forever. Like... We must destroy them. But I mean, I don't know. But well, that, once Fire Nation that... came, it was all downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. Shout uh, out to Avatar and Slack well, people. We're, we're going to leave it here. Yeah, the movie. Yeah. We watched oh, the movie. It was oh, so great. Oh, man. We're, we're going to leave that here. Well, we'll pick up next is when we get to Ula Ula. Uh, yeah, I mean, you did I, it. I will say next time. Uh, <laughs> after that it. Ultra Beast encounter, after the couple of lines with Lusamine, they pretty much put you on a boat and ship you out. And they say, Wiki gives everybody gifts though before they leave. She goes, no, well, everything's okay. Here's some gifts. Oh yeah, Bye, yeah. Guys. I think she gives you a TM and then she gives How some donuts. Yep. Yep. But that makes sense. Just, just there you go. Here's there your you malasadas. Go. They ship you off to Eula Eula. They do invite you to come back at any time. Eula Eula. Eula Eula. Eula Uh They tell you to come back anytime, so they they give you the welcome. The you know doors open for you to come yeah. back to the Ether Foundation. So we will leave it off there. Uh, when we come back, we'll probably uh, talk about the next uh, I don't know if we mentioned, uh, as a final note, that, that at the end of Akala Island, Olivia's shop is where you can buy stones. Like a leaf stone, what? a water stone, a fire stone. What? Yeah. I, you what? can buy evolution stones that makes from sense. the shop. I didn't even know that. That makes sense because she's a rock. Yes. Yeah, oh yeah, my. Yeah. Oh my god. But it's like a jewelry <laughs> shop, so it's oh. like come and shop for these fancy new age crystals, but they're actually just evolution stones. You just blew my mind. Wow. Uh, all right. Oh. Well, we'll blow, we'll blow everyone's else minds by ending the episode. Uh, Micah is at Micah the Brave on Twitter. Irene is at Devin Carrots on Twitter. I am. Uh, if you disagree with everything I said, which is probably uh, the case. Uh, you can <laughs> express your thoughts to me at dragging a lake on Twitter, uh, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Pokemon Podcast. Thank you, everyone who is you know telling us their stories. A lot of people said like they got cast form on yeah. the third trial, and some people said that you know they didn't get wishy washy and they got a Lola Mola or whatever. Yeah, uh, Mola. And so it's just it just thank you guys for sharing your stories. You know, don't be shy to reach out to us on Twitter. And you know it's that- really cool to hear because it's really it's it's we're only three instances of playing these games and it sounds like there's a lot of variations. It sounds so like cool these games hear. are not just checklists like yeah. like games in the past. You know, it sounds it like reminds you know, me of an old series of games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll be back tomorrow again with uh, another episode for you guys. Hopefully, you had a safe and uh, uh, great holiday. And uh, if you're American, uh, yep those americans otherwise this has been another episode of the pokemon podcast and we are it's very effective it's very effective 40 percent off discounts deals deals